This podcast is part what? of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network what? at www.tpsradio.net. WPod, TPS Radio, half an hour-ish, Mike, James, Mike, um, I'm sure some of our people uh, are, haven't maybe listened to our commentary, but I'd imagine 95% of wrestling fans that listen to the show know what the result of the Royal Rumble was. Some of them yes. may, may realise that we were, I don't know what the best way to say it, um, um, not elated with the show. I think the term we were looking for is flabbergasted flabbergasted well yeah yes. i mean i said i think i summed it up as uh my word of the day was unremarkable that was your word of the day yeah unremarkable which is uh you know not a word we normally use uh for the raw rumble the odd wrestling show yeah i suppose so but not for the rumble not for the rumble no i must say though now i've, I've watched it i'm gonna watch it again i think because tom- tomorrow on on uh, Virgin is the last day of the replays, if you follow me. Okay. So I'm planning on watching it tomorrow with our commentary, like in full, because I haven't been able to do that yet, sort of thing. Uh-huh. So I'm going to do, so do that tomorrow, and then hopefully then it'll be all the more delicious, obviously, sort of thing. And, uh, but it, it, now I've seen snatches of it once or twice more, I'm now a bit more used to the idea that Seamus has won. I still can't work out why... But I'm more used to the fact that he's won. I see. Fair if enough. You see what I mean. If you see what I mean. Yes. Indeed. So, I mean, like we said, it, it's it's not that we dislike Seamus or whatever, because I certainly don't dislike Seamus, but it's just, in a booking sense, it seemed like an odd thing to do. I mentioned that in the blog. Yeah, it is, it is an odd thing to do. Um, and I still think it's an odd thing to do. Yeah. However, although it was an odd thing to do, and obviously I, I, I think he will go after Brian, or if Brian still has his belt, sort of thing. Yeah. Sort of thing, which, which I suspect he will. I suspect he will. I mean, it's one of those sad things, isn't it, where right now with SmackDown, the most obvious WrestleMania opponent would be Big Show. Now then, that obviously isn't great, because although storyline-wise people would care about it, the wrestling match would probably suck. Sheamus, there's no storyline there at all, but would probably give you a better match. Yep. But I still think there's a lot more money from Brian versus Orton. You think so? I do, I do. Granted, there was an initial storyline there, but I think, I think you know, regardless of how you... <clears throat> Regardless of how we feel about Randy Orton, I'm pretty sure a lot more fans would tune in to see Orton 
pummeling the slowly becoming evil Brian than Seamus. To be honest, mate, I think you're right. It's just, like I say, it, it's crossing mind a bit. I start getting the blog and, yeah, I mean, like I say, although we've never been the biggest Orton fans, he's over. Although Seamus is over, is the WrestleMania main event over? That's what I question. Um, no. Over in the sense that fans want it, you mean? Yes, yes, yes. No. It's, uh, do, do fans... No one was cramming or getting excited for a Sheamus main, a semi-main event at WrestleMania. Um, that's, the, that's the feeling you got from the forums, from the buzz. That's the feeling I had. I think that's why Sheamus wasn't even mentioned in WrestleMania when we had the what they could do booking talk. People got excited. Um, about, well, not excited, but well, we didn't. But I know people were excited about a Randy Orton-Daniel Bryan feud. Um, Indeed, yeah. We were not excited by a potential Randall to Mark Henry feud, which hopefully is not going to happen now. We weren't. Um, and, then, and then on the other end, people were getting excited about a potential CM Punk-Jericho feud, which after all, looks like m- it may happen. However, yes. um, on another note, I'm a bit annoyed that they're sticking Jericho and Punk in the same elimination chamber if they are going to face each other at WrestleMania. Yes, that crossed my mind as well. Which I thought it, was a bit strange. It's like that classic thing, isn't it? Keep them away from each other, so then when they finally meet, you're really on the edge of your seat. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen with that, because with... Oh, an elimination chamber indeed. Kofi Kingston? That's yes. a bit sad, Well, Well, he was in it last time, wasn't he? Well, I remember one year he was in it, he didn't even make it. Yeah, because of Edge, yeah. Yeah, so... Um... See, Kingston's really good at what he does, but it, but it's it's and I it just seems so random, you know, at the moment because obviously he's primarily in a tag team. Granted, Evan Bourne has um, been sent home for sixty days, but still, yeah, no. I just thought of something. You know, they call it a wellness policy. Yep. What if you've got a cold? You're not well, are you? Exactly. Does that mean you fail the wellness policy? Yes, you do. So if I turned up to a wrestling event with, say, you know, I don't know, if it's because of my head chlamydia, yeah. would I be sent? Was, would I be sent home for thirty days? Yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Good God! <laughs> Is that why Stephanie McMahon isn't on television anymore? Way. Yes. Ah, oh, I thought so. Any, so, any other questions I can say yes to? Any other questions you can say yes to? Do you love me? Yes. There we go. Excellent. Do I look good in the onesie and the cowboy hat? Yes. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So, yes. Um, with Raw, uh, I, like I said in the blog, there was, some, there was some good wrestling on there, some solid wrestling, I thought, especially from um, the ziggler Orton match. That was really good, I thought. Yeah. Those two blend together very nicely. Oh, okay. I think so. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Ziggler seems to blend well with anyone, which I've noticed, sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, th- that was a good match. I thought. What we? I mean, did you think that it was better, or maybe Brian versus um, uh, Punk? I thought Brian versus Punk was brilliant. Um, the Ziggler match at Raw was very good. Yes, indeed. 
but yeah, I think the, the best one was the um, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk, simply um, because of you know uh, for the it's well for it, it, it was a it was a nod to the fans of ROH to a certain degree. I felt. To an extent, yeah. really, even when you looked at the type of match they had, it was very—it was most unlike a WWE match, basically, wasn't it? I don't know. I mean, when, when I when they said when John Laurinaitis said Punk versus Brian, I thought woohoo, Ring of Honor match. <laughs> but then, when, but then when I watched it, I thought this is very good, but I didn't think it was a Ring of Honor style. Did you? Uh, you, you but you it wasn't—it was. it wasn't your typical Ring of Honor style, but it wasn't your typical WWE match either. I, I, I suppose, in a sense, it wasn't, but uh, it, it's with. I thought it was a, a match of their WWE versions of themselves. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, but it was. Well, I, I would still say for me, it was a match that I had not really uh, seen a lot before. True, true. Nor had I. Nor had I. I do remember. There's a fantastic match. What was it now? In Ring of Honor from 2005, Punk was the world champion. Mm-hmm. And it was something like a three-way match between Paul London, Low Key, and God, who was it? It, it wasn't Jerry Lynn. It was, I, I can't remember, AJ Styles, Matt Seidel, someone like that. And this was a three-way match, number one contendership. It wasn't even for the title. And I watched it, and it just blew my trousers off. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, when I watched that, my trousers were hanging from the light bulbs. They'd <laughs> flown that far. They'd flown that far. They'd flown that far. But either way, whether or not you know, whether or not it was a Ring of Honor match or WWE match or whatever, whatever, it was still cool. And then, and one thing crossed my mind when I was watching that: it's so cool, as Punk was saying, that right now the top of WWE are those two. You yes. know. Yeah, it's 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 akin to um, when you remember the top of WWE uh, after WrestleMania 20 was obviously uh, Guerrero and Benoit. Definitely, definitely. It was the smaller guys, but who can really go, you know? Yes. Exactly. I mean, Punk isn't exactly tiny, but, um, obviously. But, uh... No, but let's be honest. Um, Ten years ago, it would have almost been unheard of. Someone, well, 15 years ago, you know, before the Attitude Era, it would have been unheard of someone like Punk being on top. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the closest, and this may sound a bit strange when I first mention it, that there's been to that before is about 1994. We had a really, really good championship match between Bret Hart and a young one-two-three kid. If you see what I mean? Yes. Yeah, that kind of thing. A breath of fresh air. Those the smaller guys who can really go, kind of thing. Of course, now we've, uh, and of course now the one-two-three kid. Uh, is work is scouting for FCW. Yes, <laughs> which which is something I didn't expect when I first heard that. But hell, yep. Mike, you there? I think we may have a lost Mister Chalkley. Mike, you're back. Am I? Yeah, we lost you there for a second. You you turn into Goat Boy, and now you're back. Goat Boy? Goat Boy. What's Goat Boy? Well, you sound like a robot. The robot voice. Ah, that's because I'm a robot. Oh, you are. Excellent. I didn't know that. That's good. Well, the thing is, my, yeah, I live, in, I, live in a, I live in a robotic house. <laughs> Excellent. 
Right now, my laptop is sitting on a cyborg. That's uh, that's very uh, Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines of you. Is this? I don't know. I have I have seen that. I'm one of the few people who like that film. It was yeah, I liked it. It was a bit like um, I liked it, but when you compare it to other Terminators, it's not as good. Yeah, T2 was great. That's the best. Definitely. I actually, because when I was a kid, I somehow got it into my head that Terminator, the original, would be quite scary, so I never watched it. It is pretty scary. I was scared. It's scarier than the second one. Fair enough. That's why I wondered. You were right to be scared. I was scared when I first watched that. I was right to be scared as, as, uh, as, uh, as a young boy. You were. Uh, young boys. Yeah, um... Moving on! So, so basically, you, you, you're not as upset as, as you originally were over the Royal Rumble. No, I'm not. I still find it madness, the, the booking, if I sit and think about it. But it, it's like... It, but now, like I say, I'm kind of getting used to it. I don't like it, but I... But I like, WWE, don't worry, I'm willing to accept it. Yeah, true, but yeah, I mean, I know you said you um, you you you've accepted it, but that's not what we that's not what we should do. It's a bit like, I mean, you've got you've got UFC, yeah, yes, and a lot of the time, they, they, for example, they'll have like contender matches, and the one most people want to see win and go, go up against the champion does, you know, I'd say happens more than fifty percent of the time, or in boxing when you want two people. Uh, um, to to fight, but normally they got to get through guys first, you know. Yeah. And then you have that epic match. Um, it can happen. Now, yeah. but uh, because it's a sport, uh, you're limited, and there's always the chance that you know it's not going to, you know, of the course. fight everyone wants to see. What annoys me is in wrestling, what everyone yeah, wants what? to see, what W yeah can happen. And this is one thing where WWE has full control of it. And because sometimes they want to, I don't know, swerve the fans in a way, in some in some kind of way. Uh, and then they'll get someone like Sheamus winning the Rumble with perhaps the potential idea being, um, oh, we swerve the fans, anyone can win the Rumble. And it's been well documented in the past. I'm not saying about the Rumble. The Vince McMahon can change his mind on forget a daily, almost a bi-hourly basis. And you have to wonder if it was Jericho or Orton almost at the last minute or a few hours to go, he, just, he decided to change um, the result of the match. I mean, WrestleMania, when he had this match with um, Shawn Michaels and John Cena for the title, WrestleMania 23, that Vince McMahon was not sure who was going to go over. And he changed his mind, apparently, a number of times, allegedly, before the rest, you know, that day, but before the WrestleMania actually started. I didn't know that he was like that with that one. Um, yeah, but I'm just using that as, um, as an yeah, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong, it's only what I read at the time. Um, but it makes me wonder that if it was going to be Jericho Orton, he changed his mind at the last minute to the to the detriment of business, in my opinion, to try and swerve the fans. No, that's not how you swerve the fans. We had... In, I mean, you, you know, you the, if you want to surprise people in the Rumble, I think, fair enough, yeah, there's a set few guys that should that should be winning. It, it kind of makes sense in a way, yeah? Or, or people want to see win. And if you want to swerve the fans with surprises, you have someone, for example, like a, like maybe an Orton, who 
you've decided not's going to win, go out early as a surprise. That's one. Or another obvious surprise, Mike, would be someone, um, you know, them, for example, getting just the Ultimate Warrior coming in randomly or something like that, or a person you'd never even dream entering the Rumble from back in the day or something coming in as your surprise. But I still think you've got to be careful, unless you're bringing someone like The Rock back after two years of being away to win the Rumble, you've got to be careful with who you get to win it. And if, if... WWE had Sheamus just as, to win it, just to swerve us. I think, business-wise, and even as a as a booker, that's you know that wants to book a successful feud and get fans interested. That was a mistake. I end my rant. Well, your rant. I did a very similar rant when I did the blog the other day. Yeah. To be honest, I totally agree with you because indeed, if it's it's like I say. Most of the time, if the fans work out who's going to win, for example, it's because it's either who they want to win, if you see what I mean, or they can see what, or they can see what makes booking sense. And Jericho or Orton winning made booking sense. Sheamus. Nothing against him as a wrestler, nothing against him as a worker, as a person, or anything at all. But him winning it doesn't make booking sense. So if, <laughs> no. So, exactly. So if Vince did swerve, it's a bizarre thing to do. Bizarre thing to do. Yeah. But uh, not... But tell me this. Yeah. Is it as bizarre as Mike Tyson entering the Hall of Fame? Yes. No, not quite. That's quite... <laughs> That's quite bizarre, but apparently um, they offered Mr. T to enter the Hall of Fame, didn't they, a few years back? And he uh, he he said no. Do we know why? Uh, no. Weird. There was a, he did give a reason, but I'm not. I've forgotten what the reason was. Is it because he pities the fool? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, and in this case, the fool was maybe Vince McMahon. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's nice in a way getting Mike Tyson there. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it makes sense because in a way because when you think about it, getting in Tyson, which yeah. which, which apparently cost them, it cost him three and a half million quid to get uh, Tyson in for those few months, right? In ninety eight, but let's be honest, that was part of the reason that everyone switched channels, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was mentioned even in the Monday Night Wars DVD by Eric Bischoff um, um, and other people. And basically, you know, around that time, obviously, it's not all—it's not all Tyson's doing, but it was around that time he said that switched—that switched channels and got interested. And it was around that time that WWE then suddenly, just suddenly, started winning the war. Exactly, exactly. I mean, basically, it's like Tyson was for some reason the, for some people, sorry the reason they changed the channel, and then Austin was the reason that they left it on that channel, if you see what I mean. I think that's a brilliant way of putting it. That's, I, that was, I'm quite pleased with that, yeah. Well, yeah, because let's be honest, Austin, wrestling, yeah, I wouldn't say it was in the mainstream. Mike Tyson was mainstream. Every The whole world knew, pretty much, who had a TV, who Mike Tyson was. Him being in wrestling would make the average person who may not watch wrestling tune in just to see what was going on, especially when people like, you know, may you had main news channels, main news programs, um, you know, doing news articles on it, as well as newspapers and, you know, and even sports magazines and things like that. And, you know, 
uh, so put it this way, people that are into boxing but think wrestling fake never watch it, they may have turned the channel. The average Joe for his family may have turned the channel and, as you said, fell in love with wrestling, loved the Stone Cold character and carried on watching until about 2002. It would be the equivalent of, of if you were sitting at home not doing a lot and then you suddenly heard Michael Barrymore was on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> I you was... would think you would think I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I gotta see it. Yes. Granted, Mike Tyson was a former uh, boxing champion, uh, but then again, Michael Braymore was at times champion of Saturday Night Viewing. My so... kind of people. Yeah, exactly. My kind of people strike it lucky. Although I was always a Noel Edmonds fan in the nineties. Um, he's re- he's 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 very much the the Jericho or. I see as a Noel Edmonds because I like like, like uh, Mr. Joker. He's reinvented himself so many times, doesn't he? Even now with Deal or No Deal, completely. He completely vanished, and then and then apparently he did something involving um, looking into the sky and said, "I need a new show." And then he got one. So congratulations to Noel Edmonds. You know what? When you think about it, if Noel Edmonds is like um, Chris Jericho, who are we saying Michael Barrymore is like? Michael Barrymore is... I don't know, mate. I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of a wrestler. I know, that's the thing. It, it's tricky because when you think about it, which... Yeah, which wrestler was huge and then... But you could also see being involved in some really weird shit. Possibly Warrior, possibly the Iron Sheik. Yes. Someone along those lines. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely. I mean, Exactly. I mean, everyone out there, who do we think is the wrestling current of Michael Barrymore? Email us at www.podcast at googlemail.com or tweet us at www.pod. Who is the wrestling equivalent of Michael Barrymore? Who is the wrestling equivalent of Michael Barrymore? It's just a thought. It's just a thought. You know what? When you think about it, now I've I've only just thought that that name is a bit like how you describe my family. Michael Barrymore. Well, there you go. For those of you unsure, Barry is my father's name. It's Michael, Barry, and more. Michael, Barry, and more. Although, having said that, who's the wrestling equivalent of Graham Norton? The wrestling equivalent of Graham Norton? Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder? I don't know. The first first thing that came into my head. Does that make make Kurt Hawkins Paul O'Grady? Yes. Just a thought. Good. Excellent. And maybe uh, I'm, I'm just trying not to make. I'm just trying not to say an Alan Carr is Pat Patterson. I'm trying not to say it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. Any gay people listening, we love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yes. Pat Patterson. He's, he, he, the funny thing is, in all the documentaries and interviews, everyone knows. You know, he's gay. Um, Indeed. Yes. But he's never actually said it himself, has he? Well, apparently he was the first openly gay wrestler with the other wrestlers, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But, but as you say, it's never been mentioned on TV. No, he's never said it to the fans. And not that he would need to, obviously. And not that no, there's a reason to. But it's just, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just, just it's interesting. And it's interesting also when you've got... Um, they, they've had some gimmicks in the past with, with gay wrestlers. Um, yes, but, and, it, and unfortunately... It as with all things, it's completely stereotyping. I mean, if you remember uh, the what quote-unquote bisexual wrestler Orlando Jordan, 
in, yes. in TNA. Oh, what a joke. God, that was bizarre. Yeah. They can, it's one of those things they can never take seriously. I mean, you know, you... <laughs> I, I don't know how anyone would would, would envisage uh, uh, everyone's got their own opinions. I mean, yeah, uh, why would you want to know if... Uh, I mean, if CM Punk uh, turned around and said he was gay, you wouldn't... Uh, it, I mean, you, you and I, Mike, and most people wouldn't really care too much. It wouldn't, no. make him an, it wouldn't make him any difference, would it? Not at all, not at all. No, but you know, but if there was a gay wrestler out there, it, I, I would worry that WWE would just a- exploit that and make him into a complete joke. I would be more concerned with how certain fans would react. Uh, there's all, there is always that, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You've, you ha- I mean, you have got places in America, and you've got places in England as well, all over the world, that are very extreme one way, I'd imagine. And you would, yes. And you would, but yeah, and unfortunately, it is wrong, but you would, you know, you would get a backlash, potentially, of, of some of the markets you visit, which is wrong. But, but it does happen. I, I would like to see a wrestler take that first step, though. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, we've got ethnic minority wrestlers, let's say. Unfortunately, um, they are stereotyped, aren't they? Yes, they are. I mean, I mean, it's like we said on the Royal Rumble thing. Just because Jinder Mahal is Asian, he doesn't have to be given a fucking turban and have that sort of Indian Punjabi style music. For all we know, for all we know, he could be from Dagenham. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I think and I think it's wrong. And I think someone, for example, I think they got it right. He's not an ethnic minority, but but the, but the fact that you could argue, some people say he's a bit, you know, um, is CM Punk. He's a straight edge, and he's part of his character. Um, he did the straight edge society. I know to be fair, but but looking at him now, it's part of his character. It doesn't define who he is because it's not a stereotype. It's just part of him. And I think that's basically what maybe a gay superstar would be maybe what an ethnic minority should be yeah I'm Indian it's part of my character but it's not a stereotype or anything like that you know it doesn't have to be the defining quality that sort of thing no and and it will be that kind of if you wanted to go for gay uh, or sexual orientation or ethnic minority it will be that kind of role model so to speak that people would get behind not a stereotype one Completely, completely. I would much rather see... I mean, as you say, I mean, the Orlando Jordan thing, he came out as bisexual, and basically, on TNA, they suddenly had him start kissing guys. Yeah, and let's be honest. Yes. It it was just very odd. I mean... They were doing that to get a rise, uh, to get on some website. Yeah, very sad way of promoting their business. Very weird, very weird. But then again, this is from a company that can't decide one minute to the next whether they're Impact Wrestling or TNA. I mean, just look at the cover of their DVDs. It's got Impact Wrestling and TNA all over it. Um, it's very confusing there. I mean, just make up your fucking mind. Yeah, but this, yeah, but this is a company that's on TV. I mean, I mean, you could argue that, you know, Mike, we, we don't have any. But really, in terms of us, we've got more consistent marketing than TNA. We've been WWE Pod. We're Completely. Not, which is sad. You know, which is concern, which is when two people that don't have a clue can do it. It's worrying when in TNA they're going to have a whole department and, and they still can't do it right. And at no point have they ever kept the catchphrases as cool as "fuck me, there's an ostrich" and wrestling with more vaginas. Exactly. And we came up with those. We, I mean, how many meetings did we have? Four. Yes. Four meetings. Four yes. podcasts, I think, and then the, we'd, we'd come up with them. Ah, is that how it worked? Yes, yeah, so, so it wasn't even meetings, Mike. It wasn't even meetings. You see, in my line of work and your line of work, do you have to go to a lot of meetings? 
I think in every line of work, people go to meetings. I'd imagine you do. I mean, when you're doing um, you know, your rehearsals or once you've done the call list and stuff, you do have meetings. You come up with these. You come up with ideas and stuff. But, but yeah. But when, when I look at TNA and sometimes WWE, um, um, for, for some place that should be organised and, and have a direction. And in wrestling, I think it's so important to have a direction in certain storylines and characters to see where you're going to be a year down the line, let alone six months, yeah, and have an idea. And they don't seem to have a clue. They seem to be changing things on the fly. I mean, it's almost as you've got William Shakespeare just sends his actors out there and says, do what you want, you know? This is why Michael Barrymore needs to book the WWE. <laughs> there you go. So it has a cohesive direction. Always knows. Actually, no, fuck it. Let's send him to TNA. Let's have. You know what? You know you have, as you say, wife swap. Yes. Let's have in wrestling some sort of job swap for the day. <laughs> job swap for the day. We are going to have Michael Barrymore booking TNA. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the guy from Man vs. Food booking the WWE. Ricky Gervais and Vince McMahon swapping. Brilliant, exactly. We're going to have Ricky Gervais is the chairman of the WWE, does a little dance. Uh, Vince McMahon is going to appear in An Idiot Abroad. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that could be interesting, Mike. That could be very interesting. So, I mean, and also, Carl Pilkington from An Idiot Abroad, he could be the Intercontinental Champion. Excellent, I like that. Who's doing the interviews then? Who's taking Josh Matthews' job? The interview Bubba Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, God, I can't stand him. I know. Damn All right, fine. The interview... 28 minutes. There you go. I'll uh, I'll go back to edit that. Thank you. (laughs) No, don't. Leave it in. Leave it in. We'll get sent off iTunes. Um... No, we, we, we won't, will we? Uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, joking aside, this whole thing, well, no, but some podcasts do get, so, yeah, some podcasts will get, have been, they're taken off iTunes, etc. Okay, alright, okay, in that case, if, if I make a joke about Stevie Wonder, I must make a, does this mean if I make a joke about the blind, if we're doing non, if we've got to be politically correct, do I have to make a joke about the deaf so we're politically correct? Probably. I'm not sure if I should. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mike. Um, st- well, I, I, t- I tell you what. I tell you what. All right, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> there are so many possibilities. Um, yes, there are. Well, I tell you what. All right, so if Stevie, if 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 we can't have Stevie Wonder, because yeah, obviously yeah. He's, he's probably fairly busy anyway, playing the piano and writing those classic songs that he does. Why don't we have the interviews? For the WWE are conducted by Jedwood. Oh, Jedwood are the uh, Jedwood. The interviews with the WWE conducted by Jedwood. They'll get some. They'll get Vicky Guerrero type heat. They would, wouldn't they? They would, but at the same time, you'd fucking watch. Yep, and you'd pay to see them in a match, wouldn't you? You'd oh, pay you... to watch it. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> they need a tag team. I'd like them to go against um, just basically someone like um, William Regal and uh, oh. Hardcore Holly. The two. Oh, oh my god! And tell them to go nice and stiff. They would die. <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? They would be, or even better, give them a chairs match and put them against Bulls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. Oh dear! Jesus Christ! They would get the shit kicked out of them. 
Oh, yeah, that, oh. <laughs> that, that, that should be the uh, main event of Extreme Rules, if they have one this year. Perfect. Bulls Mahoney and Axel Rotten versus Jedward. There you go. With special referee um, Natasha Giggs. <laughs> just, for, just for fun. Just for fun. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, that's what I'm talking about pay-per-views. Yes. Uh, February the 19th, we've got Elimination Chamber. We do, yes. April the 1st, we've got WrestleMania. Of course. Uh, 29th of April, Extreme Rules. 20th of May, my birthday. Over the limit. Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, like they had Judgment Day on my birthday once. Um, 17th of June, uh, to be determined, interestingly. Ah, yes, because they they removed Night of Champions, haven't they? No, yeah, no, that's in September. Oh, is it? Oh, fair enough. Fatal 4-Way, I think they may have moved. Ah, yeah. Well, uh, didn't they move that and now they're bringing it back? I don't know. Um, uh, interestingly, though, July 15th is apparently TLC. Really? I've got here, this is the Wikipedia. Um, it could be wrong. We know how uh, uh, wrong they are. August is obviously SummerSlam. 23rd of... Se- uh, that's the 19th. September 23rd is Night of Champions. 24th of October, right. Hell in a Cell. November 18th, Survivor Series. December 16th, to be announced. You see, I thought they'd cancelled TLC, but if, if, if they moved it, then, ooh, what could December be? Uh, interestingly, Mike, have you seen there's... But there's no Fatal 4-Way, is there? Yeah. No. Um, there's no submission-type pay-per-view they've got rid of. Oh, are they, they going to bring back Breaking Point? Yeah, let's... Oh, God, let's hope. Um, so... I've got it. Yep. December to Dismember. That was great. But you know, you know what? You, you like... <laughs> we joke about that. Um, it used to be called Armageddon, also the other pay-per-view in December, didn't it? It was Armageddon. But let's be honest, December to yeah. Dismember is a not... Actually, it's actually um, coming from WWE. Quite a good name for a paper. It's, it's not a bad name, no. But it's well, it's better than a table, ladders, and chairs. How uneventful is that? And we're, you, you, and you and I, Mike, we've constantly said that these gimmick type pay per views, um, like TLC and, and Hell in a Cell, let's say those two yeah. are still there, um, are not good. In terms of booking, it hasn't resulted in any extra pay per view buys either. Oh, really? No, not really. No, pay per view buys are down as of, uh, uh, I think, year on year. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Just before you finish that point, with, you know, when Laurenitis was on Raw, he said that ratings are up compared to last yeah, year. Yeah, he's a liar, I think. Is, is that bollocks? I think it is, yeah. Oh, shame. Um, well, he's, he's a heel, he can lie, can't he? he heels can lie. That's true. So, yeah, uh, they don't, we've proven that they don't work. I mean, I think the gimmick pay-per-views that maybe do, create fine. Elimination Chamber, I, I, what, why call it that? Just call it No Way Out. Makes more sense. I, I, I like that name. Um, it's, it's a good show either way. Yeah, though. but why would you have Elimination Chamber? Let's be honest, that's a pretty big type match type. Well, I don't understand why you have that before WrestleMania. Really? No. I mean, you and I were discussing on the phone the other day, weren't you? Um, really, in, in a way, we'd like the fact that you have, um, between January uh, end of Jan and WrestleMania, there is no, there is no pay-per-view. Oh, pay-per-view yeah. and you can build up. And we discussed, you know, having a Saturday night type main event uh, come about, you know, beginning in March, um, end, of, uh, end of February. 
Um, I'd forgotten we had Battleback. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. yeah, we suggested having it, you know, on free-to-air television, you know, maybe three hours long with adverts, uh, and it basically defines slash sets up all the WrestleMania matches. Uh, uh, we gave the example um, for this year, if they ever did it. They're not going to, obviously. This year, yeah. the main event, obviously, being Rock and Cena signing the contract. Yes, yes, I remember now, yeah. Yeah, I think that would do much better than an Elimination Chamber, because I think, yeah, Elimination Chamber, it's one that's bought, it's a very bigly bought pay-per-view, which is good, because it's going through WrestleMania, and you've got the Elimination Chamber itself, two of them, a gimmick that I think, the the, the match itself is exciting. Definitely, yes. yeah. But I think, I think that, uh, the, the fact that you could probably take Elimination Chamber out and put it either in Survivor Series and just have a guaranteed Elimination Chamber match at Survivor Series or have it at a different time of the year. And I, th- and I think overall, you know, it would still do be quite successful because of what it is. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I, although I like Elimination Chamber and where it is is really good in a sense. It is. What, what you said on the phone the other day was a good point because a Saturday night's main event being on free TV would pull in so many more viewers for Mania. Yeah. So it's a tricky one to call, really, because I, I love Elimination Chamber in a way. But as you say, it might work elsewhere. As, it would work elsewhere as well. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think, though, let's be honest, yeah, you've had the Royal Rumble, Mike, 30 men having a chance at the title, yeah? Yep. At WrestleMania also, but having a chance to get this title, all these men, and then Elimination Chamber, you've got six men for the title in a match for the title, as opposed to 30 men trying to get a match for the title. I always think, uh, it, making sense-wise, it doesn't, really. You mean because for, suddenly four, four or five extra people get a shot anyway? Is yeah, that what you mean? They were in the rumble. Uh, Funny that, isn't it? I'd never thought of that. <laughs> I'd never thought of that, no. Well, the, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it after our phone call, and I thought, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a bit strange, that's all. It is a bit odd, yeah, but... Oh, I, I don't know what to say. I'm torn in several different directions. <laughs> um, well, there you go. I mean, okay. I mean, looking at other ones, uh, TLC, uh, it's, it's a good, it's, it's all right, I guess. Um, but that, like Hell in a Cell, you kind of book yourself into a corner, I think, that's, in a way. That's the problem. TLC, I love TLC, Matt. Yeah, I, so do I. I would like to book one for this year's Mania, personally. Yeah, but I think it equates itself to, you know, uh, you, you know, three or four, uh, three or four tag teams having this big feud, and it ends. The, you know, the feud ends with a, with a, with a big TLC match, or uh, um, I think John Cena and Edge's feud ended with a TLC match. Indeed, whereas having one for the sake of it is a bit mad. Yeah, Batista and yeah. Triple H's feud ended with a Hell in a Cell. Hell but a as cell, I said, yeah. yeah. Having said that, the fact that you've got Extreme Rules, yeah. Or WrestleMania version two, but and yeah. I think with all the with all the matches in theory being no DQ and having an extreme edge to it of some kind, I, I think you don't necessarily book yourself into a corner as much as you would a TLC or, or Hell in a Cell. Definitely, that is one place where because it's kind of like the backlash replacement, it sort of works. Yeah, because it is often. The, um, it, it wouldn't be Rock Cena two, I imagine, but you know, as you say. CM Punk versus Jericho again, and then it'll be with a ladder or something. Yeah, I, I, again with Night of Champions, I think, fair enough, you're going to have some feuds going, 
that um, you may have to stick in there. Like this year, we had uh, CM Punk versus Triple H um, uh, as one of the main events. Uh, you know, Triple H lost, he'd have to leave uh, his, his position in, in the company, remember? Uh, yes, I do, yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same point, most, nearly all the matches, though, are championship matches, and I think that's great. It's a cool idea, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that, that gimmick can quite good because you don't, in a lot of ways, you don't book yourself into a corner because you can have any, any, any type of match for, for one of your champions. It just, you, you know, because the fact that it is a championship match, it's on there, but you can still have a, a ladder match if you wanted to, couldn't you? Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be uh, hugely different in that sense. No, uh, no. I just, but yeah, but I just think Hell in a Cell and TLC, potentially they can book themselves into a corner and for example, when you have your first or second match with somebody, uh, one of those, it kind of kills the feud, I think, in a way. Because where really can you go from a TLC or a Hell in a Cell? You, could, you know, I think there's not too much on on that level above it. Apart from, of course, a debate. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I I used to like that. Um, the Taboo Tuesday or whatever, or Cyber Sunday. Yeah, they were cool, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they were cool. They did it this year, sort of. I always thought, though, if you didn't want to do that, they did it on Raw. You have a three-hour Raw where the people can choose the matches instead. Ah, yes. Which they they kind of did this year. But the problem is, they never do it properly. It's a bit like, do you want John Cena to face Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, or the Blue Meanie? You know, or no, yeah. not even that. It will be Steve, Steve Austin, Blue Meanie, or Crash Holly. You know, it'll be well, you know two ones you don't, and ones that all the viewers are gonna. So let's be honest, it's and not, a dead guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not when when they've done it. It's not a really fair vote, is it? That's the one weird thing. The f- but the first time we Tuesday, I think it was quite fair. It was pretty good. It was in quite genuine. Sense. Yeah. But then when they did the second one, and I can picture it in my head right now. Ric Flair going to the ring and saying, please put me in a cage. And surprise, surprise, he got a cage. Yeah, why? Yeah, I was like, what the... <laughs> that takes away everything from it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, what's the point? And, and, the, and they'd book it. And, and I, I remember on the Raws and Smackdowns or whatever before the match, they'd book it as such so they know what the result's going to be anyway. As you said, with Ric Flair in, in, a, in a cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, or they get someone to always use a chair than obviously wanting a chair match. Hello. What are you going to do? It was very silly. It was a lovely concept that it, WWE kind of ruined it themselves. In a way, yes. I mean, I mean, it was supposedly Chris Jericho who came up with the idea, wasn't it? I didn't know that, was it? I, I heard that, it was that Jericho came up with Tabby Tuesday and RVD came up with One Night Stand. Ah. I also heard that Triple H came up with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, it, b- before we do go, yeah. Yes. Are you scared? How do you feel? Yes, Mark? I'm, I'm never, terrified. I, I've never asked how you felt about the fact that the the company we love, WWE, when Vince McMahon goes, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H are in charge. How does that make? Oh, you... it's kept me awake many a night. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, it's me too. It'd be interesting. It's a it's it's a horrible thought. <laughs> um. Yeah. Every time the ratings go down, Triple H will put the title on himself. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Many a true words spoken in jest. Something like yeah, that's true actually. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's a very odd thought. We all know Vince McMahon can be a bit mad. Yes, but but at the same time, he's done some amazing things over the years. Stephanie McMahon. Is in charge of creative and has been for quite a while now, for about a, 
a decade now. And it's one of those weird things where she's not like shit, but there's been so many cool things done before, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I know not spate phrases very well. And then Triple H, yes, he knows, he can, yes, he's a good worker in the ring, yes, a bit boring at times, but there's a, I don't think he's Vince, you know? No, he's not. Um, I mean, I, I'd even think Vince has lost it a bit over the uh, over these recent, what, what decades, let's say, last uh, ten years. No, maybe, not even that. I'd say maybe, last half dozen years. Maybe you're right, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I know that he was always on the marketing side rather than the creative, but I, I just, like, I would trust Shane more. Um, yeah, me too. He always uh, seems more level headed. They do say he's a more level headed one. Yeah? Yeah. It's not just me assuming. No, I've heard that, no, I've heard it from a lot of people um, and news sources that, you know, apparently he is, so. Did, did you hear it from Chris Akabusi? How, how do you know? I have friends in high places, my friend. You have it'd be a good wrestler, wouldn't he? Chris Akabusi. Yeah, he'd cut some hilarious promos. He would, wouldn't he? Maybe we could have some kind of um, debate between Chris Akabusi and Sebastian Coe. just before the Olympics on SmackDown. Book it, and they will come. Exactly. Oh, by the way, yeah. Did you see? I thought you might like this in case, in case you haven't seen it. The end of my blog this week. Oh yeah. In case you didn't see it, I, I got on to talking about food uh, and, and comparing, uh, com- like, which, like, WCW, ECW, TNA, what chocolate bar are they? And I somehow got onto that. And I finished up with saying, I'm off to, get, I'm off to watch MasterChef to get some tips on how to save NXT. Why? Because booking doesn't get tougher than this. Oh. <laughs> but, um, I know. I surprise myself. I don't know how I do it. You're fantastic. Well, before we go, Mike, for this short show, do you have anything to say to your fans out there? I certainly do. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. (laughs) 